With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Live worldwide.
<laughs> I can smile again and I don't have to worry cause it's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Come on, sing that out later. I don't have to worry cause it's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. It's working for me. <laughs> I can hold my head up. Hey, get your confidence back. Coast, 
West Coast, up north, Midwest, but down in the dirty, dirty in Georgia, we have Mr. Charles Mitchell today. He's an author and a mentor. We'll talk about his book a little bit later. We'll talk about some very personal things, getting right to the truth. With the trends that's happening in America with African-American men, with black males and women, social injustices, violence against our youth, police brutality, what other time but now than to make sure we address what is happening? And y'all know how I do it. I don't hold nothing back. So we're going to get into a little bit more music. Go ahead, like I said, tell everybody to call in, area code 646 716-8230, or you can log into blogtalkradio.com backslash Ms. J in the morning. That's M-I-Z-J in the morning. However you got to connect, make sure you do so. If you missed the live recording, don't worry. It's archived. You'll be able to download the show later. And this is something you want to listen to over and over again. Let's get back into some music. It's Ms. J in the morning. We have Mr. Charles Mitchell coming right up. Here's another great song by Mr. Jonathan McReynolds. There's no gray.
I see beyond your situation. As long as you see beyond mine, let's go ahead and connect. But I want to talk about the moment you decided to write this book. I want you to share with our listeners what prompted you to open up and share your personal with the world. Oh, well, actually, I can I can credit my sister with an inspiration. Um, sometimes we have a call in our life, and we know we do, but we shy away from it uh, for fear of failure or for fear of the responsibility. And my sister, you know, she's a very, I'll give her credit, she's a great observer, and she knows me intimately more than a lot of people does. So she was like, I sit back and I watch you have a chemistry with these young men. I don't know what it is, what it is about you. Some of the tattoos or just a little swag or just a light that you have within yourself. But for whatever reason, young guys are drawn to you. She said, they look up to you and they admire you. She said, so why not just use that for the positive? Why do you have their attention? Why you have the admiration? Use it to kind of like inspire and kind of like uh, guide them positively. So I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Didn't really want to be the role model. Uh, don't want to get into the story of my own son, but I kind of felt like um, in some instances in my personal life, I let the young man around me down. And she was like, what greater way to make up for that? If you feel like you dropped the ball, pick it back up. So um, I felt like if I shared my story, that people in a similar same situation would understand the consequences and also that there's light on the other side of the tunnel if you have made those bad decisions and you're in the same situation that I find myself in. So that's what prompted me to write it. Amazing. Now, you mentioned something about dropping the ball. And in your intro uh, to the book, you you kind of really go there before the book even gets started. You get deep into it, and you mentioned two young men in particular that you feel that you dropped the ball on. Explain a little bit what do you mean when you say you dropped the ball. Uh, I'm not, my nephew and my son. I have a nephew and son who are presently incarcerated. Uh, during my 10-year hiatus, I didn't have um, contact with my nephew, you know, for that duration like I should have. And with my son, I saw him like every two years. So when I came home, for whatever reason, and I hate to say this, but I'm going uh, to put it out there real fast and not dwell on it long, but for whatever reason, in the black community, we have this habit of glorifying the negative. Like you could, have, for example, you have a young man go away to college and come home to visit his uh, friends and uh, the people in his community in the x way been, oh, I've been off to school, you know, pursuing a bachelor's. I just received a bachelor's, and I'm, now I'm going for my master's. Oh, that's nice. But then you have another guy come home from prison or, you know, and everybody, where you been? Oh, man, I went and did a bid. Oh, what? That's what's up. Oh, my God, what you want to do at time, man? I know that was rough, blah, blah, blah. It's almost a glorification of it. So uh, when I came home, uh, instead of me, like, kind of giving my experience and, you know, kind of like letting it be a testimony and talking about why uh, a person shouldn't do the things that I did to lead up to prison. I kind of like left that on the back burner and just hit the ground running. So they never understood that. So my um, my son and my nephew, the only thing they saw was that I came home with a bunch of tattoos. I never explained that a lot of those tattoos I received or got uh, during a dark part of my prison bed and that, my mentality evolved from that, which is why I never got any more. So um, I never touched touched on that with them. And I feel like if I would have sat down and explained a lot of things, that they wouldn't have glorified them because my son is a testament to that. He got a lot of the same tattoos I have now. Uh, my nephew, uh, he emulated and 
looked up to a lot of the, the negative things that got me in the situation I did. And I feel like if I would have just talked to them, explained them, hey, that wasn't cool. That wasn't a way to go. I regret doing everything I did in the situation that prompted and put me in. But I felt like I didn't. I felt like I didn't emphasize that enough. Wow. On today, you have that opportunity to speak to more youth, speak to someone else's nephew, someone else's son, to set a great example for them both. We're going to get right back into some music. I want you to hold that thought. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation. Those of you who are listening, you already know that there is truth going forth. There is something on this show that you're going to need to hear, that you're going to need to share to release our youth. Most important right now in America are black males and even females. But no matter what race, no matter what color, no matter what even the religion that you practice, our youth are dying senselessly. And it doesn't have to necessarily mean they're dying physically. They're dying spiritually. They're dying emotionally. They're dying mentally. You want to make sure to let everyone know to tune in today and do not miss the show. We're going to get right into some music. When we come back, we have Mr. Charles Mitchell talking about street dreams and waking up to salvation. Here's KJ Scriven under construction. It's Ms. J in the morning. Stay tuned. Some problems I've been facing uh, And I need to be fixed, Lord uh, I'm under construction, yeah Broken by the burden that I bear Damaged beyond my own repair And only you can fix it, Lord Oh, uh, I'm under construction Now you're the potter And I'm the
My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. Now shake me and mold me. Do what you gotta do. Marquila Walker telling you to stay tuned to Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host, Miss J, and you have tuned in to Miss J in the morning where we OD on positivity. We are live worldwide right now on blogtalkradio.com. Those of you who want to listen on your phone, if you got to step away from your computer, you got to go about your day, you can call in and listen live by dialing area code 646-716-8230. Long distance charges do apply. Again, the number is 646-716-8230. That was K.J. Scriven under construction. Right before the break, we were talking with our special guest, Mr. Charles Mitchell, about his book that he released entitled Street Dreams, Waking Up to Salvation. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, you were discussing dropping the ball and two very important people in your life, your son and your nephew, and you mentioned um, in particular in the African-American community, praising and negativity. Now, with current uh, rises in what's deemed as social injustices, police brutality, violent crimes against black males and females, how critical is it uh, for parents to be involved in the child's life? I know in the book you say you don't blame your parents. You're not going to do that. But I want you to expound um, on your statement in the book and on the thought of parents having some sort of weight in the way that our youth perceive not only uh, the journey that they're taking, but even their respect for authority. Uh, that, that's a great point you just you brought up. And I would like to say, whew, you know, coming up, I'm 43, coming up, we didn't have social media. And I, I think that social media has a strong influence so that's why I placed the responsibility on the, the parent. It used to be, well, when I watched television, there was certain stuff I was allowed to watch, but the content has changed. The content is way racier. Uh, the content is a lot more mature. So I think that when you leave your child up to their own devices uh, to interpret those visions and those things that they see and hear, uh, 
you are kind of like setting a spark to a time bomb because a lot of those things, those kids can't process. So imagine a child 11 or 12 uh, being exposed to certain things on social media um, where there be certain sexualities that, I mean, at a certain age you don't even know what you are, but you're exposed to those without those being explained. Uh, the level of violence, and the, the things that they're exposed to that haven't been explained. So I think that it's important that a child, uh, that a parent monitors what a child watches and what a child puts into that brain uh, so that it would not uh, facilitate the things that will be negative or show negatively later. Um, so that's why I say this is a big responsibility for the parent because we can't put it, we can't leave it up to other people to do it. I know we criticize people and say, oh, they should be better role models. Those people have no vested interest in your child. I mean, socially, you would think that they would have that responsibility, but the reality is they have no vested interest in your child. Your child is of no concern to them. They don't even know your child. So that is your ultimate responsibility to make sure that your child understands the difference between right and wrong, the consequences between right and wrong, what makes them a young lady and a young man versus what makes them be perceived as a thug or a vagabond. So that's why I place that responsibility on the parent. True indeed, when we get a certain age, we won't be able to blame our parents, but the parent has to set that foundation. Now that I want, I want to just take a break. I'm sorry. I was sitting there taking notes for myself. I'm a parent myself, and I understand when uh, you first become a parent, no matter what your age is, you have these goals for your children. Um, subconsciously, we have this vision of what we want our children to do, how we want our children to act, where we want our children to grow, go, and how we want them to grow. Uh, not making any excuses for parents, but even in your example in your book, although you made sure to tell your son the truth, make sure you gave him great examples, uh, he still, what you say, did not take heed. I want you to talk a little bit more about that and your feelings as a father um, witnessing your son making the same mistakes that you made. Oh, God. Well, with my son... As my 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 wife will remind me, as his mother will remind him, and me, and my sister would too, they say that we are the same, and they say that he's me all over again, which is kind of blessing on the curse. You know, his birthday is the day after mine, and DNA persists, so there's a lot of his mannerisms um, and a lot of his personality traits that were like mine. And it was like some some of the stuff he did was like actually looking in the mirror, and it was spooky sometimes. So with that being said. <clears throat> I kind of understand the thick-headedness because at his age, I thought I knew everything. You know, we all go through that. At a certain age, we smell ourselves, and we think, for whatever reason, that a parent doesn't know or that hasn't been there or they don't understand. And I understand it to a certain degree because, as I wrote in my book, uh, my brother, and I'm not bashing him, he did that with my nephew. You know, my brother was a weed head, smoked a lot of marijuana. And my nephew became addicted to the same Thing, but instead of my brother saying, "Hey, boy, you can't tell me anything about this. I did this. I manufactured it. I smoked it. I sold it. All that. So I'm gonna tell you what this is gonna do if you don't stop." My brother took the high road, act like he didn't know anything about marijuana, and told my steps, told my um, nephew that that wasn't the thing to do, versus explaining to him why. So with my son, I didn't do that. I actually told him, you know, that hey, I've been here, did this, but as my daughter likes to remind me. 
Things have changed. That, that's the excuse they give us. Things have changed. It isn't the same as it was when you grew up. Or you think you know, but we're a lot faster and more advanced than your generation. And I have to explain to them there's nothing new under the sun. But as kids, teenagers, mm-hmm. headstrong, set in a way, they don't believe that. It's true. And I want to personally, I want to interject and share my personal thoughts and my personal story on this particular situation because it happens so much with our youth. Um, I can only speak for America, those of you who are listening around the world. I'm pretty sure you guys can attest to the same truth. Is I uh, know Mr. Mitchell's son personally, and it's not that he's uneducated. He's not a bad, he was not a bad kid, meaning always getting in trouble when he was younger. In my presence, he was always very respectful, um, a fun-loving kid and that type of thing. So a lot of times our children are labeled certain things or they have this a stigma on them, especially uh, what the, the title they like to use, uh, urban or inner city youth. Uh, which always has this negative connotation attached to it, to say, oh, well, you know, his dad went to prison, so that's what it is. And I don't want to have our listeners believe that just because dad did it, that it's guaranteed that son will do it. And I want to thank you for highlighting the fact that there are children out there who are headstrong, and they still have the right to make their own choices. Um, But as parents, there are some times when you can get into a situation that is out of your control, regardless of the example that you've given, regardless of how much you tell them the truth, they still have the choice to make themselves. So with your self-reflection, understanding the things that you've done, the things that you wish you would have done, moving forward in your book uh, with your religious practices, um, how do you feel or do you feel that self-reflection and your religious practice uh, has helped you uh, continue to move forward or cope with the situation with just your nephew and your son? And, I, and I'm mentioning those two because it's mentioned in the book, but I'm pretty sure there are a lot of your loved ones and people that are affected uh, by their choices and the choices that you have made that still affect them today. How does your self-reflection and your religious practice play a role in you being able to move forward with life? Well, as my mother would say, <laughs> a bought lesson is better than a learned lesson. She said that is one of those lessons that you have well paid for. So what I do when I reflect is I, I, I'm forever grateful for one. I know a lot of times we pray and we have our petitions and our long laundry. That's what we want God to do. But what I do is try to practice gratefulness. And as I explained to my wife, what I try to do is to praise God through the storm, so to speak. And that was that is what helps keeps, keeps me focused. That is what helps me keep my perspective on life, a positive perspective on life, understanding that God is worthy no matter. That He, if He doesn't do it, as Daniel said in line, then I know that He's able. So those are the things that help me during self reflection. Understand that no matter what, God is always in control. It sounds cornball, but that is the truth. He's always in control. And as the song said earlier, always working out things for your good. Always. Good point. We're going to leave it right here, let you digest a little bit more. I don't want to keep giving you a whole lot. Sometimes you got to let it settle. So we go get right back into some music. We have Mr. Charles Mitchell. 
he's an international artist, actually. His new book is available on Amazon.com, Street Dreams, Waking Up to Salvation. We're getting to the truth about our youth. We're getting to the truth about hope. We're getting to the truth about our future in just a little bit. We're going to get back to some music. You still have some time to let all of your friends and family know to tune in by calling area code 646-716-8230 or logging on to blogtalkradio.com backslash Ms. J in the morning. That's M-I-Z-J in the morning with our special guest, Mr. Charles Mitchell, right out of Atlanta, Georgia, right here in the U.S. Here's some music, Mr. Molly Music. Stay tuned. Stages and flashing lights, music and cameras, they call it the good life, but at the end of the day, a man's all I am, just like you I got needs, oh and I get frustrated, I get hurt just to say. But because I got a name, happiness mistaken for fame. And it gets cold at the top, so make sure somebody loves you. No matter if nobody's there. While on the road Sometimes you just want to go home To touch your son in bed I get weak like you do And my body can't get tired too Yeah, yeah And although I'm living the dream I'm a man, not a machine And I need you to know It gets cold at the top Make sure somebody loves you Make sure somebody loves you Oh, it's me. 
Molly Music, No Fun Alone, right here on Ms. J in the morning. Good morning to everyone who is tuned in. We are broadcasting live worldwide right now on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Ms. J, and we have a special guest, Mr. Charles Mitchell, author of Street Dreams, Waking Up to Salvation, available now on Amazon.com. Make sure you go and purchase the book. If you don't purchase it for yourself, make sure you purchase it for someone else. Mr. Mitchell, right before we had our music break, we were talking about self-reflection and your religious practice and understanding the truth about life, understanding who's in control. But sometimes in life, we feel like we're alone, just like Molly Music talked about. He's on top of the world, but he's still a human being, still having real experiences. You yourself have spent 10 and a half years in prison, and now that you are what's considered free, I believe free also is a mental thing as well, how would you speak to or relate to those who are still locked up? And I don't mean physically in a physical prison. I mean those who are locked up emotionally, those who are locked up even financially, those who are locked up spiritually. What advice or words of empowerment do you have for those who are currently locked up? Well, I know you just um, mentioned that, you know, no matter what your religious preference is, but I can only speak from mine, and I'm a Christian. I did a a small stint in Islam. (laughs) I was an assistant email for seven years, and um, that's another story. But there was nothing like the love of Christ, you know, for me. You know, I tried that, but there was nothing like the love of Christ for me. So with that being said, we're going to talk from that perspective. I think that Jesus and the love of Jesus is the answer to any problem. It, like I said earlier, it sounds cornball. You know, we sound like Jesus freaks when we say it, but you have to try him. You have to try him for yourself so that you have that testimony. Try him. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, I don't know about that. You know, that whole church thing and the people that go to church and those guys that walk around spitting scriptures, oh, they're just self-righteous, they're sanctimonious, and they're lame. But when you have your back up against the wall and you find yourself in a situation where you feel alone, where you feel like you're in despair, where you feel like there's no other help. Uh, in a lot of situations, you will find yourself where, humanly, there's nobody that can help you. And you might find yourself in a situation where only God can give you peace to weather a storm that you will have to go through. But you have to try him in order to know that he's real and that he's able and that, will, that he will preserve your sanity and that he will preserve your peace of mind. Try him. Just try him. I tell my son all the time, I have a seven-year-old, and every time I present a different type of food or even a different type of sport, I always say, try it. You might like it. And after a while, he starts repeating it to me. Mom, try it. You might like it. And when it comes to Christ, try him. You're not, I, I'm not going to say you might. I just know. <laughs> and what's going to happen. So continuing the conversation, you mentioned in your book that your intent is to, quote, Foil the pursuit of street dreams, end quote. What does that mean? That means that I want to stop these young men in their tracks from thinking that there there will be a positive outcome in ill-gotten gains, that the pursuit of uh, money through uh, illegal means and illegal activity uh, will bring them happiness or will bring them a happy, a happy ending. That's not reality. People that sell drugs, 
join these robbing crews, uh, whatever crime they're committing, it comes to an end. It comes to an end. You either end up dead or you end up in prison. People say, oh, that's so cliche. It's not, it's not a cliche. It's not a tongue-in-cheek phrase. It is the truth. You will end up dead or you will end up in prison. I'm a testimony to, to the latter. I ended up in prison. But there's no positive outcome. You say, oh, no, they got kingpins and stuff. There. Oh, they sell drugs for years. I didn't say you would get caught tomorrow. I didn't say you would get caught next year. But it all comes to an end. It all comes to an end. Negative is all. Hmm. What a great tool to use not only your voice, but your words that will last for centuries to speak to our youth. You're also a mentor um, in your church and in your community. What special words do you have for your mentees that are listening now, those who are straddling the fence a little bit to say, you know what, I am in the game. You know, I am hitting the streets but I know this is not for me and I want to do something different. Those that are on the verge of making a choice right now, I want to give you a little time to speak directly to them and share some words of wisdom. Well, actually, I, I, actually, I share those words of wisdom frequently with them, but I choose this time to reach out to those that are not just my mentees, but those abroad. And I would like to just tell them that every decision you make, Every decision you make within your life is volatile. Things that we decisions that we make now will affect us in the long run. So I will ask them to choose and to choose wisely. A life of crime, as I just mentioned earlier, seems fulfilling initially, but it will only bring you heartache, only bring you pain, and only bring you confinement. So what's the alternative to that? The alternative to that is to be obedient and respectful to your parents. And the reason I say this is because your parents have your best interests at heart, always. Secondly would be to excel in school. Education is the key. Education will be the alternative to that thug lifestyle or that fast-gotten, ill-gotten game. Now, education will allow you longevity. It will allow you opportunity. It will allow you chances. It will afford you uh, privileges that a life in the streets would not. So I would ask anybody that would be listening to make a choice to either, as the words say, choose death or choose life. But I would ask that you choose life and that more abundantly. Amazing. Those of you who are listening today, I want to remind you that immediately after the show, uh, it's archived on blogtalkradio.com. You can download it for free as an MP3. I want to encourage all of you to share this show with the youth that you are connected to. If you want to play it for a youth group, if you want to email it, share it on social media, make sure you do so. These words need to be replayed over and over and over again. And I know we say a lot of things that are labeled as a cliche, but the truth is if we can save just one, we have gone above and beyond what our purpose is. I want to thank you Mr. Mitchell, for joining me today. Don't worry, you guys. I know we still got time left in the show, but I want to make sure to express my deepest and sincere thanks for you for sharing your story with the world. There are so many people out there that have done some great things, but they keep it to themselves. I call it that in the spirit. They keep it to themselves. They don't release it. And I want to say thank you 
for making the choice, for listening to your sister, for listening to your spirit, for taking that step and releasing it. Because it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, just as you said, but your words will take root in someone's life and spring up in them and allow them to live. A lot of us are alive, but we're not living. And I want to make sure that people are listening and understanding the difference. I don't want you to go through just surviving in life. I want you to go forth with your purpose and passionate pursuit of your purpose, regardless of your past, regardless of even your present. Keep your eyes on the prize. Make sure you're moving forward in the things that you have been called to do. And the things, those of you who are confused about what you have been called to do, those are the things that you are passionate about. Those are the things that comes natural to you. Those are the things sometimes that you are forced into because that's where you need to be. I'm pretty sure Mr. Mitchell didn't grow up saying, you know what, at a young age I want to go to prison. But when he found himself in that situation, he didn't let it drown him out. He found freedom with his words and now speaking to others that they don't have to go through the same thing. I commend you for that, Mr. Mitchell. But before we go and end the show, I want you to share what are your next steps? I know that you're preparing to tour, to speak to youth, but how do we follow you? How do we get in contact with you? And what can we expect next? Well, I'm, as my daughter said, I'm a social media junkie. But as of now, uh, I have a website that's about to be up and running. Uh, so be on, be on the lookout for that. But if you want to follow me, follow me at Charles Best Among Men Mitchell on Facebook. Like my page for Street Dreams Waking Up to Salvation. You will find information on that page uh, regarding buying the book. It's available on Amazon. It's only 7 bucks, So you cannot afford to buy it. Um, I'm a new appointed minister at my church, uh, so I'm going to be busy, you know, at the disposal of my pastor, as you said, going to and fro, um, trying to speak and try to re-enlighten our youth. Um, I'm also getting ready to speak um, at a few venues, as you just said. So you will have to be on my Facebook page to kind of, like, understand or follow where I'm going to be going and where you can see me and where you can hear me. And we're also working on my second book project. It's called Sunday's Best, A Guy's Guide to Dressing Well for Worship. So I know that you'll be bringing me back on your show to talk about that. Oh, both definitely. I want you to give us a little teaser. So Sunday's Best, yes, A Guy's Guide. Now, as a woman, that just got me excited because those of you who know Mr. Mitchell personally, if you don't, you're going to get to know him. You know this man is shocked all the time. I used to tease them even even when we're hanging out, just jeans and T-shirt take on a whole nother level. You can't just throw on sweats and any type of shoes and a wrinkled shirt. <laughs> Going to check the post office by giving me a ride because I didn't have a car to check my post office box. I'm like, man, I feel underdressed all the time. I want you to share. You got a few more minutes. Go ahead and share a little bit about this second book that you're coming out to help these glorious men look well. <laughs> well, actually, um, just real quickly, uh, a summary. You know, I was raised in the church uh, traditionally, and I know we, we buck tradition, but I just wanted to make sure that our readers, especially our young men, understood there's the difference between church, the club, and hanging out with your friends. When you're going to worship, I know this is, is about your spirit, and we say go and come as you know, go and come as you are, but what you really, you know, go to 
uh, your local restaurant butt naked? Uh, would you go to a formal engagement uh, with uh, jeans and a T-shirt? Would you visit the White House to have dinner with the president dressed in flip-flops and, and, and sneakers? You know, so I would want us to have that same that same feeling towards worship. I want men, young men to, when they go to the house of the God, go to the house for worship, the house of the Lord, where even if you're not comfortable with a suit, maybe a nice button-down and a pair of dress slacks. At my church, when I came home and I entered the sanctuary, I saw a guy sitting around in gym shorts and Jordan. And I was like, my mom would roll it over in her grave if she saw me dressed in something like that in the house of the Lord. So I'm not, you know, browbeaten. I just want them to understand that you separate God from the rest, that if you hold him in high esteem, show it, act like it. And the book is for people that want to or don't understand that. I explain that to them. And also for those who feel enlightened and want to, it also gives them tips on how to do so. Well, I want to make sure that the women take heed as well. Uh, Mrs. Mitchell. Oh, I talk about you guys, too. Not in Yes, I'm I talk glad. about you guys, too. <laughs> Your wife is also a testament of a fashionista for Christ. Yes, she is. <laughs> I don't know about the Christ, but she's a fashionista. <laughs> Give her a shout-out as well today. But, women, I want you to take heed, too, because I, I understand. In Atlanta, I went to one of what is called the mega churches. It's just a large church had a bigger number of members. But we saw it all. And you are absolutely right. It kind of reminded me of Walmart. You're kind of scared to step in because you don't know what you're going to witness. Exactly. And, it is and you know what those women wear at Walmart. You're liable to see pajamas and head rollers and head scarves and everything at Walmart. So, yeah, oh my Walmart is a great comparison. Exactly. And and sometimes, sadly, especially in modern times, we see it more so anywhere. Um, and I, I get it. People always hook hook. Come as you are. I'm coming as I am. But you're absolutely right. And so I, I want to commend you again for taking a step and being bold to speak about those things that a lot of older people, they just turn their nose, estimate, shake their head. Instead of opening your mouth and speaking the truth, after a while, as people mature and they grow, they will feel convicted. They'll say, "Ugh, maybe I should not have worn this. It's the same thing, just like Mr. Mitchell said. If you go to a formal event or you go to the White House, you're not going to feel all that comfortable in your flip-flops and your sweat. You're going to feel kind of, uh, but that starts with maturity. So thank you, Mr. Mitchell, for being on the show today. Unfortunately, we're at the end, so I definitely have to get you to come back. But, you guys, I want you to make sure to follow him on Facebook, Charles, Best Among Men. That's absolutely right. Mitchell on Facebook. Stay tuned for his website. Go to Amazon.com. Purchase the book now, Street Dreams, Waking Up to Salvation. You want to get the full story. We just touched on the introduction. I know that was all just in the introduction. Street Dreams, Waking Up to Salvation. If you follow me on Twitter, Ms. J, M-I-Z-J, on Twitter and Facebook, I've shared the link. Uh, you can click on that. The information is also on blogtalkradio.com backslash Ms. J in the morning, M-I-Z-J in the morning. The link is available there, so you have no excuse. Uh, if you forget, like I said before, this show is archived immediately after the live recording. So all you have to do is just get on the computer and download the MP3 and play it again. So we're going to stay tuned for his website, newly appointed 
Minister Charles Mitchell will be touring, speaking to your youth. Make sure you stay connected with him. Invite him to your church. Invite him to your event. Invite him to your backyard. It doesn't take much to round up the kids in the neighborhood and say, hey, I want somebody to share something with you. There's someone who's been where you're trying to go, and I'm going to stop you from being there. So on behalf of Ms. J in the morning and the listeners worldwide, thanks again, Mr. Mitchell. I'm going to play this song not only to dedicate to my listeners, but to you, sir. I see a window over your head, and it's pouring out blessings. Here's Canton Jones on Ms. J in the morning. Oh, wow. Thanks. One, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There's something over your head. Hey. There's something on the top of your head.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.